The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. The Underdog Sports Podcast Network presents Hang Time, a pro basketball podcast. Welcome uh, to another edition of the Hang Time Podcast. I'm Will Posnan, and I'm joined by my co-host of the New York Liberty, Kia Stokes. Hey. And uh, I think the people should know that you are uh, you're doing the podcast a, a little hurt this week. You're uh, you're muscling through some pain for us, and people should appreciate that. I mean, I don't want to sound like I need some sympathy, but yeah, man, it's been a rough week for me. Been a little sick, but. You know, I do it for y'all, you know, the fans that we got. So hope y'all yeah. listening and enjoying this shit. Yeah. Send, <laughs> send Kia condolences because, or not condolences. What's the get better soon things? Yeah, not condolences. Yeah, yeah. That's too. No, no, no. We don't, hopefully <laughs> we don't need any of those. No, just send her well wishes. That's the, that's what I yeah. wanted to say. Um, also, perfect. you can send well wishes to Carl uh, Anthony Towns and Joel Embiid because they're about to get suspended. Oh, how many games are they getting? They, they don't. They haven't announced it yet, but it's definitely going to yeah. be a bunch. Um, you know what I will hate if they make it more because of the Twitter stuff afterwards. People got to do a better job of distinct of distinguishing between harmless fun and actual bad behavior. Yeah, I mean, I don't understand. Like, why would they find them over the Twitter stuff? Like, it's everyone th- talks shit. And it's not like they're bashing the refs or anything. Like, they're not allowed to do that. I get that. But they're just talking to each other. Like, what? why are they worried about Twitter beef? So it's like the same thing as if you go and – if two people do the same crime, if one of them goes to court in a suit and the other goes to court in a sweatsuit, then the one in the sweatsuit gets, like, four years longer on their sentence. It's just the whole <laughs> thing of seeming like you feel bad over the thing you did because you knew you wanted to do it, you know? Man, that's whack. Well, let me ask you this. Who do you think won the fight? Uh, well, you know of my biases, so I have an extreme MB <laughs> bias, and I thought it was a tie. I thought that they both looked – you know who's the one of the fight to me was Ben Simmons. I thought Ben Simmons because uh, that was maybe the first thing he ever did like outside of a basketball game for a teammate. <laughs> yeah, I like, would I would agree with that. Like I thought he came off looking good like – I, everybody kind of suspects that Ben Simmons – it's not that he wishes Embiid wasn't there. It's that he wishes that the world thought Embiid was worse than him, you know? Um, like he's Maybe. The, I never thought of it like that, actually. Like he's the consensus best player on that team. Like he would like to be the clear face of the team. I think it's fair to say. Um, yeah, you think he tried to prove that fight? Or... So I think that people – I think he's ne- him and Embiid have never done enough to present a unified front to the rest of the league, and I thought that he took the biggest step either of them took in that direction. And to beat Giannis and the Bucks, they're going to have to all be on the same page. And I think that Ben Simmons did a very smart thing of uh, of involving himself in the fight on behalf of his teammate, but in a way that doesn't disrupt his brand at all and also is defensible in the press if he wants to go the route, which which basically is just lying about what he did in the fight, which I respect. (laughs) So, Dan, you really thought a lot about that because (laughs) I wouldn't even think that deep, honestly. Like, in my opinion, (laughs) Embiid was losing and then – Ben Simmons got him, got Carl Anthony Towns into a chokehold. Yes. So then Carl Anthony Towns looked like a little bitch. But I just feel like he was going to want his teammates to look like a bitch. I mean, I don't think at this point. Because Embiid is all about, you know, talking shit yeah. and trying to be this macho, get everyone's head. He can't go out like that, you know? Look, so, Embiid. I feel like he was just trying to help his teammate, you know, keep up his. Because if nobody's afraid of Embiid, is he really going to, like, bother <laughs> them? 
You so I've, I have so many thoughts on what you just said. First of all, I think like everybody talks about how Embiid played soccer growing up, and they're always like, oh, he played soccer growing up. That's why his footwork's so good. That's also why he's not in any rush to throw hands. Like soccer players <laughs> don't fight like that. Or if they do, they like karate kick each other in the face. It's crazy. Right. Uh, I think that Embiid – uh, yeah, you know what it, re- it reminded me of, but it was so different then, was like the Shaq-Charles Barkley fight from 20 years ago, because those guys both wanted it, and Townsend and Embiid uh-huh. both kind of don't, which I like. Right. I don't, I don't need everybody to be trying to fight each other at all times. Uh, I, I like athletes acting how they really are. So if you're Ron Artest and you want to fight somebody, cool. If you're Ben Wallace and you only finish fights, you don't start them, cool. And if you're Carl Anthony Towns and you'd rather just shoot three-pointers, cool. You know? Um, I mean, yeah, I can see that too. But, I mean, I'm glad he at least, like, I'm glad that something happened. Like, yeah. I don't too know, because he talked all that shit. And then I feel like Carl Anthony Towns is just sick of it. And then found opportunity, was able to go at it. I feel like not really many punches were thrown. I feel like they were just wrestling, which is kind of whack. Not that yeah. I want them to be in like a fight, but, you yeah. know, somebody to get hit, right? You, well, you, want, you want a real <laughs> fight. If they're going to fight, you don't want a, a half measure. You want... Yeah. I'm, like, if you're going to go to the risk of, like, being ejected and you're, like, about it, then, like, be about it. Yeah. Well, do you think Embiid actually dislikes Carl Anthony Towns on any level? I mean... I think, well, from his Twitter post, I really think that he thinks Carl Anthony Towns is irrelevant. He doesn't respect so, him, for sure. He definitely yeah, doesn't so respect I him. I don't think he, like, wanted to fight him at all. Like, I don't think it was that big of a deal to Embiid. But if somebody's going to, you know, hit you or go at you, you're going to go back at them. Like, that's just natural instinct. Yeah. You know, it's, especially if you're an athlete. Like, you don't take that. Well, yeah. Or you can run away from the person and hope a ref you know, holds onto their arm and maybe hide in your locker room and then ignore Twitter oh, for a man. few days. <laughs> there's other there's other strategies if a player tries to fight you, I'm just saying. I mean, okay, technically there are other strategies, but you know. Yeah. Not, I'm not saying any names. Yeah. Yeah, not no, this is completely unrelated, but did you feel some <laughs> pride that Brittany Griner's way better with her hands than either of those centers? Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm she just is. That, you, know, you just gotta stick up for yourself. And if somebody's trying to play you like that, you know, don't take that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that, uh, Towns went into that game looking for a reason to, n- yeah, to put his hands on Embiid or to, or if they were winning, I think he would have used that. But they were also down by 20. So I'm sure Embiid was bothered. Yeah, that's also. Out. A factor. Like, if you're down by 20, you're already pissed about the game, so any little thing's gonna, like, kind of spark you. So if you already went into the game knowing, like, man, I'm sick of this guy always saying stuff, always talking, blah, blah, blah. The fact that you're down 20, you're already pissed, and then you get tangled up, like, you know, you might just snap. You got a little shorter fuse than normal. But I think the fact that Embiid is mutual, and Carl Anthony Towns are mutual friends with, they're both friends with Andrew Wiggins, like, they're both actually pretty close with them. Like, they, I know that uh, Embiid and Wiggins still do stuff in the off season, and Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns do stuff in Minnesota, um, like on Instagram and stuff. They do stuff, mm-hmm. so they have mutual friends. I think that Embiid doesn't respect Towns, and that's at the root of it. I don't think he actually dislikes Towns, but I do think Towns dislikes Embiid. So. Yeah, I can see that. I definitely can see that. But I mean, it's not illegal to have you know, mutual friends and not like each other. That's all part of the game, too. Especially, like, with athletes. Like, you know everyone. You're not going to be friends with everyone, but you're going to have some of the same friends. Like, I don't think that's weird. How do friends navigate that if, like, if you have somebody like uh, Charles Oakley who's friends with John Starks and Michael Jordan, how would somebody, how how would you navigate something like that as an athlete? Uh, one, always ask who's going to be there. <laughs> That's one. So, like, if you can't stand them that bad, then you just wouldn't go. Or if it's enough people, you don't even have to be around them. Like, if you're going to dinner with, you know, 12 people, you don't have to sit next to the person you don't like. You okay. know? 
Like, I really don't think there's people that hate each other that much where they can't be in the same room. Like, I just, I can't see that happening. Between those two, at least. Okay. That's that's really interesting. So, no, if they're going to be there. Um, do uh, Is there any situation where two players would fight each other and it's just about the game? It has nothing to do with anything personal? Or that doesn't really happen? Um, I would say, I don't think... Unless they like somebody did like a dirty like a cheap shot or something like that during the game, Got it. then maybe. But I, otherwise, I think there's always something a little more personal involved. Or like if you take trash talking too far, you know that kind of hits a nerve for some people. Um, but other than that, you know, I don't think I think there's always a little more personal reasons behind it. At least nowadays, I feel like you know back in the 80s, 90s you could just look at how funny and they just want to hit somebody. But now I don't think it's funny. <laughs> yeah, it took like 30, 20, 30 years for basketball players to realize how televised they were. <laughs> like some of those right. fights in the 80s, you're like, you know this is on ABC. The logo's right there. <laughs> like you are charging a guy with a chair in your hand or whatever. Like it's just crazy. Um, like even yeah, if you can't you... do that. And now – Yeah. No, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say even if you – even if you took it outside the basketball game, this isn't a thing that somebody would do if they knew they were on camera. Like, it's just crazy. Yeah, especially with all, like, the technology these days and the fines. Like, you really can't get away with anything. Oh, this, is an, this is an interesting point about the fight, I think. Um, so I saw that Carl Anthony Towns and Embiid both took screenshots from the fight. And in both their screenshots, each of them looks <laughs> like they're winning, of course. You of course. Yeah, you wouldn't take a screenshot where you're losing, and that is a problem with video. Is that they, you know, that each of them combed through or had an intern comb through and find the best screenshot for them, where the other looked the most scared in the face, and it's just so disingenuous. That is one thing I hate. Um, it's like propaganda. Yeah, it's like you're faking this right now. Like we saw the video. You can't yeah. hide it. It wasn't a he said she said. It was like nah. I've seen this video from six different angles. Like, I know what happened. Like, yeah. they just try to make it seem like they got the upper hand. But, I don't know. I just think it was a – they nobody won. I really think it was a draw. He had to pick a side. I think in the grand scheme but of things, though – I think it, it was – Yeah? No, no, no. Go ahead. I just think in the grand scheme of things, it does help the image of both teams. Like, the Sixers came out of it looking like we start fights, which is good for their persona. And the T-Wolves came out of it like <laughs> – we won't back down from most teams, but we'll probably still back down from teams like the Clippers, but not most teams. And that is <laughs> that's good for their persona. Yeah, I mean, I I, I agree because you know you don't want to be a team that looks like they just got punked. Because even though <laughs> the Timberwolves end up losing the game, you know, it's like all right, Carl in his house, like you stood up for yourself, whatever. You got the team, got the city on your back now. You know, that's a good look, but. It also is early in the season, so I'm curious to see what happens when they play again. If it's going to be, like, from the jump, they're going at each other, or are they going to be, like, normal, and then if shit happens again, they'll fight again. I just can't see them fighting again, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I will say that nobody in the T-Wolves organization should ring Carl Anthony Towns' like, fingers. Like, nobody should slap him on the wrist in any capacity because they hired Kevin Garnett. Once you hire... <laughs> Kevin Garnett as a player personnel guy, you're endorsing this behavior and just expect it. I want to see Towns and Wiggins throwing punches at the drop of any time a guy looks at them funny. I just want the T-Wolves to just – that to be the new look T-Wolves. I mean, that would be entertaining. I did see a video of Carl Anthony Towns boxing like against the punching bag. He actually looked like he got some strength. I mean, not saying I didn't think he was strong. Yeah. But, like, you know, I see some – People, when they do boxing workouts, they don't look like they can fight. But he actually looked all right. So yeah. like, if he actually got, like, a good swing, like, that could be a problem. Yeah, that was the thing. His punch missed. We still – I don't remember the last time in the NBA that a punch really landed. It's probably been 10, 15 years. I think a guy hit yeah, Kobe good one time. Because I think last year, didn't Serge get in a fight, but, like, he didn't miss it or he something? He missed. He missed. Who yeah. Missed? See, yeah. I'm sick of all this missing. <laughs> <laughs> who'd he fight? Was it Miles Turner? It was, yeah, he fought somebody. And both yeah, I forgot who it. Was. Yeah. But nope. Nobody's landed one in a while. Um, 
Yeah, I think it helps the T-Wolves, I don't promote violence, by the way. I don't promote violence. But if you're going to take a swing, you know. Yeah. Take a swing. (laughs) Yeah, that's a... I think that's a line that you can walk that everybody will support. If you're going to punch somebody... And, you know, Carl Anthony Towns, if you're training for this fight, then you got to land your punches. It's one thing if you didn't know what was going to happen. But I feel like he watched Creed the night before. Really? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think so. I think to get himself out... Who do you think would be the most uh, intimidated? Because, like, I think Carl Anthony Towns did get a little intimidated at the last second, even though I think he wanted the fight, and I think that's why his punch missed. Um, mm. And I think that's because Embiid is an intimidating guy, just his stature is intimidating. So who do you think would be the most intimidating NBA players to to get in an altercation with? Um... That's a good question. Thank you. I mean, I guess Embiid. Yeah. I don't know. Well, no. You want me to throw some names? Like it, like it sounds good to say because he just got in a fight, but I think people I are gonna know. want it with Embiid now. I think guys like Drummond and guys like uh, Whiteside are gonna go. Oh, you don't. You you know you'll go to the ground quick if somebody starts swinging. Like not like Embiid isn't tough. Just like. I don't think Embiid has a lot of experience punching people. Yeah. I'll, actually, I'll say Steven Adams. That's who I would not want to. Yeah. He's nope. too intimidating. He's, he's so, there. like, calm. Yeah. Huh? That's why – th- no, he's up there for sure. That's why I think, in a way, Kawhi would be up there too. Just because you go – Because the like quiet this, ones, man, they're dangerous. What did you say? Sorry. Oh, the quiet ones? That's hilarious. That's, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think – the worst thing that can happen to a guy in a fight, the second worst thing that can happen is you get knocked out. The worst thing that can happen is you get a clean punch on somebody's face and their face moves an inch and that's it. They just take your punch and they're fine. Especially televised. Yeah. And with Kawhi yeah. and Adams, that's what I'd be worried about. Yeah, I mean, no, no, I don't think that's the worst thing or second worst. What do you I think? I feel like worst thing, like... Obviously, if you get knocked out, that's one. Two, if you run away, that's also bad. <laughs> but I don't know. I just feel like just a clean you... sucker punch and their face doesn't move. I think that's even worse than getting knocked out. Really? I don't think so. Because at least you like hit them. They just they were a beast. It's not like against you. At least that's how I look at it. If... I'd, I'd be more worried. Like I'm talking all this shit and I start to fight and then I get like fucked up. Excuse my language, but like that was my biggest feeling. I'm instigating this. I want to fight you. I'm sucking all this. I'm about to whoop your ass. I'm gonna do this, this, and this, and then I get my ass whooped. Like, nah, that's like my biggest fear. <laughs> I don't think I can go no, back that, from that. That would be terrifying. I mean, that is. Look, I am not asking for that to happen, but okay. So let's say I'm I'm in a fight with uh with an NBA player. This is what happened. What would happen? So I let's say I punch them. Either uh-huh. they're going to just eat the punch, look at me, and be like, what's wrong with you? And that'll be humiliating. Or they'll knock me out with one punch, and then I'm on the ground, and that's – both are going to be on YouTube. But at least if they knock me out, I can be like, yeah, but if that second punch didn't hit, I had a – like we were – <laughs> <laughs> we were going, and I – you know, who, whoever hit each other clean first was going to – but if they just eat the punch and look at me – I would just walk to the locker room like like I lost the finals. Damn, you take that walk of shame. I mean, they it's all it's not a good situation either way. Yeah. To be honest. So maybe we just won't fight NBA players and get embarrassed. Good That's idea. My... I wouldn't run though. I wouldn't run. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, <laughs> not because I'm like brave, but because my I never get flight with fight or flight. Anytime I've had fight or flight, <laughs> My brain was like, stay here and do a dumb thing. And I've listened every time. Yeah, well, maybe it'll work one day. It'll, <laughs> yeah. it'll work. No, my, my move is to look to see who could break up the thing. To be like, okay, let's move the fight towards a person around the ring who might, who might break it up. Let's get it in their direction. I haven't gotten in a real fight in like six years. I don't even know what I would do. Um, yeah. I'm still going to judge both of these <laughs> professional athletes. For missing punches. And Bede landed an eye poke. How do you feel about that? Yeah. Uh, I feel like it was on accident. Okay, fair enough. But, I mean, who am I to say? 
Yeah, the Timberwolves are mad because they think that Ben Simmons was not uh, – like he's claiming to be a peacemaker, but they, they think that he uh, was excited to get a headlock in. And I think the Timberwolves are more right – dude, those clutch sports guys, they always know what to say. Like I – yeah, with LeBron, with all of them. They just know the perfect thing to say where you go, I know that's bullshit, but I can't prove it. Yeah, exactly. I agree. That's that's who – the best publicist in the world is somebody that works at Clutch Sports, which is why, you know, with the NBA in China stuff, I was like, this is, this is probably – this was all pre-planned, like the response. Like LeBron acted like it was – Improvised kind of, but it, it felt like this is the most genius line somebody could walk if they wanted to kind of not get in trouble with anybody. Yep, I feel the same exact way. Yeah, I like when we're on a conspiracy theory island together. <laughs> well, sometimes you you be out of this world with your conspiracy theories, but this one actually makes sense, so, yeah. you know. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Sometimes uh, my theories are crazy. I'm trying to think of – I don't have any – conspiracy NBA theories. I will say uh, I think Ricky Rubio is in the most perfect situation of his career. I really – I don't think that the Suns team is the most talented young team, but I think that they're so well built. Uh, any other things jump out at you? Or we can talk about the Suns or if there's any other things around the league just from the first week or so that have jumped out at you. I'd love I to I mean, I just read that Steph Curry broke his hand, so yeah, I feel like Golden State is just – I don't know, defeated. I know it's early still, but I just... Yeah, no, you're right. You are for sure right. having a good year at this point. It I would, would take a lot. I would be less surprised if the Kings make the playoffs than the Warriors. Damn. <laughs> yeah, I don't think the Warriors have a shot at the playoffs. I don't. I don't know how they could because they've just lost what probably would have been 40, 45 points a night for like a month when Steph Curry was really feeling it and winning games by himself. You know? mm-hmm. And now that's gone. I, I should see what my friend, the one tweet I sent you with my friend suggesting that Steph Curry MVP and yeah. I don't know, other stuff that he said, I just, I should go on his Twitter and see what he's talking about because I yeah. know he's hurting. Yeah. I know he's hurting. There's just no way. I mean, we said before the year it was either going to be Steph's year or Dame's year for like crazy scoring numbers and I, now I think yeah it's gonna be Dame Lillard's year I think he's gonna put up crazy numbers and be first team all NBA and be in the MVP conversation I really hope so that would be dope like yeah. I really really hope and then uh yeah yeah I think that uh also people are like on the fence about if uh I think the Blazers need to get a lot of wins because that's the only way CJ gets the all-star game and th- I think this year's his best bet with the injuries and with uh what's going on in the rest of the conference. And so many teams are so balanced. Like, who are you going to send to the All-Star game from Utah? I guess Donovan Mitchell, but, like, they've, they're have they balanced, you know? So I think yeah. this is CJ's best shot at the All-Star game. I think so. It will be interesting to see how they do once the season gets really gets going. Oh, I had a thing. Um, I saw that Kawhi is sitting out for load management. How do you feel about that with only five games into the season? So uh, I think that Kawhi is trying to just make this how the rest of the league has to go. Like, he's trying to force the issue. I think it is an advantage, and I think until all the teams admit that this is an advantage, that if you are a load-managing superstar, you are taking yourself out of the MVP conversation for a better shot at a ring. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that if we shift to a league where all the superstars are load managing, even the young ones, then I don't know if we'll be able to fairly compare numbers with people who were in the pre-load management era. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, it's different as an athlete. Like, well, for us, like, we play year-round, so I would definitely understand, like, a load management game. And I know NBA players, like, they train all summer, but they do have more time off, like, than what we do because we literally have games, you know, 12 months out the year. But I also think it's more of, like, the fans. Like, okay, mm-hmm. if your favorite player gets hurt and, like, the game the day before they're supposed to play your team at home, like, you can't control that. But if you only had, you know, this Friday off and you want to go see Kawhi and then he's 
you know, sitting out because of low management, you're kind of like, well, what the heck? Like, I only want to come see him play. Like, it kind of sucks as a fan. Yeah. But I just feel like maybe you could limit their minutes. I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say because, you know, as an athlete, you, your body needs rest. Well, it's like, so I tricky. That, I, I, uh, it's, it's a situation. It is. It's all, I mean, for, from the fans' point of view, that stuff could be frustrating. But I had tickets to see uh, Michael Jordan in his last season with the Wizards and – his knee fucked up two games before, and so I never got to see Michael Jordan. That is unfair, but it's also how the game breaks. I think that for WNBA players and NBA players, load management makes a lot of success for superstars if you can afford, if you're going to comfortably get into the playoffs. I think it's a big advantage. I think that, I don't know, if Kawhi plays every game, I don't know if he. Uh, outdoes Giannis in the Eastern Conference Finals the same way. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess long term it'll help them, but I don't know. It's also, I just feel like it kind of has this narrative that they the players just coast through the regular season just, you know, to make playoffs and then they want to go. Like, you're not seeing everyone's best every night. Are you, are you ever seeing a basketball players best in the regular season unless it's like an elimination game towards the end or are there are there basketball players who play is it what would you rather have as a teammate this is a better question would you rather your teammate be a player who gives a hundred percent every night or a player who gets better in the playoffs i mean i don't know i just want to win so it's tough to say but i know like for Maybe just because we're not guys, so obviously, like, our athleticism and everything is different, but we don't have as much of a, like, switch to turn on and off. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I feel like guys can just flip on a switch and then they got a whole extra gear. While certain women can do that, like, that's a fact, but a lot of us, like, it's not that easy. It's not as, I don't know, because guys do shit so effort- effortlessly. Like, we can't do like, all that, so it's it's tough. But I've always been, you know, practice and play like it's an elimination game because, you know, sometimes you're going to try to flip the switch and it doesn't work. And then you're like, oh, shit, now what? Yeah. No, that's – But that's these guys are making millionaires. They're making millions. They've been doing this for years. So, you know, it's different. That that is a factor. But even WNBA teams do stuff like uh, Deladon getting more touches in a playoff game than – you know, like – there there yeah. are ways that I mean maybe it's not in terms of like the physicality of the game doesn't shift as much in the playoffs but there are strategy stuff where you just go oh we don't want to you know like the Sparks have some players who have been in the league for a long time so they those peop those players are going to have less minutes in the regular season than they would if you know if they were younger and that's that's a version of load management. I mean, yeah, but also it's like only five games in the season. Like that's true. I don't know. You you gonna wait to like fifteen games in or like a long road trip or something? I don't know. Why do you think Kawhi insists on this? Do you think it is merely for the physical advantage, or do you think there's like a philosophical ideology behind it? I think he just wants it to become like a a thing. So, yeah. like, if he actually needs a rest day, like, they're not going to question it. Which, I mean, he's good enough to do that, and their team is good enough to do that, because I'm sure they'll win enough games to make the playoffs. But, yeah. You know. No, I think I think that's, uh, that's a big part of it, like, his personal convenience. Do you think that Kawhi is, like, trying to say anything about the value of winning a championship in sports compared to the other things that are valued in basketball? For example, Kawhi has no uh no puts no value on loyalty to a city i'm not he's a loyal mm-hmm. person but he's not putting value on loyalty to a home base which is a thing that a lot of nba fans are realizing that they care more about than championships like you ask any basketball fan in new york they all put allen iverson above ray allen and those mm-hmm. two have similar bodies of work one has three more rings than the other and no one cares. Or two more rings. Rayon has two rings, I think. I mean, I don't know. I never actually thought about it. It's, I don't know. 
it's hard knowing like because as an athlete it's different than like as a fan like it's hard to say i guess it is just so strange i've been talking with uh some of my friends who are basketball fans that the question i ask and it's interesting to me is to rank uh Reg, Reggie Miller, uh, my, my mic just fell for a second. Reggie Miller, Ray Allen, Allen Iverson, Clay Thompson, and James Harden. So those five guys, those five shooting guards, what's the preference order for them? And then sometimes Dwayne Wade also in that mix. And the interesting thing for me is most people I've asked have put Clay Thompson above Reggie Miller, and they put Clay Thompson and Reggie Miller above Ray Allen. Which is interesting to me because Reggie Miller was the best player on every team he ever played with. Ray Allen was the best player on every team he played with before he got to the Celtics. Uh, uh-huh. Reggie Miller doesn't have rings. Ray Allen does. Clay Thompson has rings and was never the best player on his team. But everybody right. has Clay above those two. That's crazy now that you like say it like that. And Reggie above Ray. Everybody has Reggie above Ray also, which is interesting. Yeah, what Ray do to everybody? What's wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I think that people are low-key mad at Ray Allen for fulfilling his childhood dreams and over-fulfilling them. People thought he deserved the ring with the Celtics, and everybody hates that he also got a ring with the Heat. Like, everybody was so happy for him, and then it was like it was like Ray Allen married his dream girl and then broke up with her and married her hotter sister. <laughs> <laughs> And just people are furious with them. I mean, they can get over it. Yeah, I agree. I would put Ray Allen above Reggie Miller and Clay Thompson. That's why it's crazy to me. I would put Ray Allen above Clay. They also, some of them put Clay above Dwayne Wade, so I think there is some recency bias going on. That's a factor. Oh, that definitely is a Yeah. Especially because Clay's had, you know, those 37-point quarters, 60-point game or whatever he did. Like, that's incredible. Yeah. But... and Ray hasn't played for what five, six years now, or longer? How long has it been? Yeah, like at least at least four years since. Uh, yeah. He was so good, even in his last year. Like Ray Allen is just—I think he's the most underrated shooting guard ever. And, and you know he went to UConn, so I'm obviously gonna just mention that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, he he definitely did go to UConn. Nobody's putting yeah, Rip Hamilton in the greatest shooting guard of all time conversation, which. Um, you know, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so people, uh, people, NBA fans really value being in one place your whole career a lot more than they thought they did. And I think that, um, yeah, everybody puts Allen Iverson over Ray Allen too. And then Allen Iverson, Reggie Miller, that I think the difference, most people put out Iverson above Reggie Miller. And I think that has to do with cultural impact as much as on the court stuff. But I think mm-hmm. NBA fans really want you to stay in your whole career just off the nostalgia of the idea of it. But they're losing that because players care more about winning than I think they ever did. I mean, that is true too. But also, like, the fans get mad when players want to do something for themselves and they say no loyalty. But people get traded every day and they don't have a say in it. So it's like you don't get mad that they're getting traded, but you get mad that they want to – like they ask to go somewhere else. Like that's the part that doesn't – like that's not fair. Oh, it's even they more than that. Get, they yeah, they, like, they cut Isaiah Thomas – or they didn't cut – they traded him to a bad situation, and he lost out yeah. on $70 million. Like it's more than just <laughs> getting traded. Oh, But that's the thing. Ownership has no loyalty to the players, and they're constantly nope. lying saying that they do. The fans – Yeah, they – the fans do have a lot of loyalty to the players, and now it's kind of uncool to say that you do. But I know people in Miami who are rooting for the Lakers now because that's how attached they are to LeBron as a individual. Yeah, because LeBron is awesome, duh. I mean, you know, that's not that's not the player <laughs> I'm following around the world, but, uh, you know. Well, whatever. I was loyal to Gilbert you, Arena, so what do I know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You just stick with your Wizards, and maybe they'll win. Maybe By they'll the play w- some defense. <laughs> well, Rui Hachimura on the Wizards is uh, one of the most fun rookies to watch in the league. So, I actually, I've really liked watching him. There's some rookies this year that are just great. Like, the Hornets got a great work. Like, it's like 
Oprah was giving out great rookies. Like, there's just these rookies that are so fun on every team. Even the ones that are just okay, like the five foot six guy on the Celtics. Uh, mm-hmm. they, there's just every team has. There's not a single team in the league that has a downer for a team this year. Like R.J. Barrett's good. I'm shocked that R.J. Barrett is legit good. Fun You're shocked? Watch. I didn't think he'd be good this fast. I I still think that. Uh, his ceiling is six foot seven, Lou Williams, which is really good. But I think he's going to get there a lot faster than I thought. I thought it would be like year five, and now I think it's going to be like halfway through year two. Oh, well, that's good. Nice surprise, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even you know, every team has has people who you didn't think were going to be as fun to watch as they are. Like, uh, who on the Lakers? I mean, who's? I mean, first of all. Anthony Davis, what a year mm-hmm. so far. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, that's what I'm talking about. He definitely listened to the podcast. He's trying to rub it in your face. I mean, I'm so happy for him. I really liked uh, that he just dominated the Hornets. I want him to start looking. You know what he needs to do? He needs to just Photoshop Cody Zeller's face onto every other big in the league because whatever he yeah. saw <laughs> – <laughs> looking at the Hornets front court. Like, he can do that to everybody. That's the problem with Anthony Davis is, like, you you know you can do that to everybody, right? But I think he's figuring it out this year. I think that uh, he is going to alpha people this year. I'm really excited about basically yeah. every team. I mean, I think he can. I hope he can. Well, but it uh, is still early. If, if Anthony Davis does listen to the podcast, um, I'm going to tell him about this week's sponsor because uh, – I don't know how he smells, but I do know that if he were to use Hawthorne products, it would only help the situation. <laughs> um, yeah, I think there's a correlation there for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a great, great... So Hawthorne makes uh, men's fragrances, men's hygiene products, and they all, all their products smell great. Uh, if you go to Hawthorne, H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E.com, you take a two-minute quiz, and they set you up with the perfect colognes, body wash soaps for you. And uh, yeah, it's it's uh if oh if you use the code uh, hang time you get a ten percent discount. It's pretty good. It's a good yeah. discount. Uh, and Kia, you are you're a fan of uh, how their products smell. Yeah, I think it smells good. Um, like I said, I'm just really big on not smelling funky. Yes. So anything that can help with that is great, and I think they do a great job. It's refreshing. Smells good. I mean, can never have enough, you know, body wash, deodorant, spray. Like, you can never have enough of that. So uh, you better get your t- discount. That's all I'm going to say. What would, <laughs> what would be worse uh, for for an athlete? Would it be losing a fight in a public way like Joel Embiid might have been going to? Or uh, if it goes around the league that you have a hygiene problem? Um, I don't know. Well, at least in the WNBA, or actually, I don't know. A fight's pretty bad, but if people think you stink, because I, okay, I played, I was supposed to be teammates with this girl overseas. I won't say any names, but I didn't know this girl. Yeah. I didn't go to the seat either, so it was a team that was just in the in the works, and they're like, oh, yeah, like, she's pretty cool, but she stinks. Like, that was literally the <laughs> first thing out of her head or out of her out of my uh friend's mouth and i was just like damn so then i met this girl later on at a different time in life and i was really trying to see like damn does she really stink like i was really looking for her and she did and i'm like damn that's why has no one told her that the whole euro league knows about this and she's unaware (laughs) that's crazy that would be so much worse i would rather i would rather that I punch Isaiah Thomas in the face, he doesn't move at all, and then knocks me out in one punch, than this to be known about me that everybody's saying I smell bad. Yeah, I don't know. Because you can't shake that. No, that's with you. That might – the best case scenario is you have a Hall of Fame career and it becomes an endearing nickname. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that's the absolute best case scenario that you're like – one of the hogs on the Washington Redskins or something that they're like, they smell bad, but they were really good. But there's no, you're never uh, going to be the 
like the face of Nike if you're known as a bad smelling athlete. It's really high stakes, actually. Yeah, because if you smell bad, like, and you get that rep, like, you could, I mean, okay, let's just say, like, LeBron smells bad, then people probably wouldn't care. Yeah. But I can't see him smelling bad. Yeah, no, like, I can't. I feel like if you smell good, you, like, it shows that you, like, take care of yourself, you really care, like, you don't want to, <laughs> I don't know, nobody wants to be funky. I would have said uh, a week ago that LeBron takes care of himself as well as I've ever seen an athlete take care of himself, and then the back of his hair fell off, and now I can't Oh, yeah. That. That, I, don't, I was embarrassed for him. Damn, yeah. LeBron, you're making us look bad. Yeah. When well, I say, I mean... Me too, because I'm a big supporter of him. So come on, LeBron, get it yeah. together. <laughs> yeah, well, if he were to use the, the shampoo that the people at Hawthorne sell, the, your hair would not fall off. That's just – that's true that their shampoo does not – it's great for your hair, and their body wash is great. All their all their products are great. So go to Hawthorne, H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E.com. Use the code HANGTIME for 10% off, and, uh, and be like – LeBron in every capacity except the part where his hair falls off. <laughs> exactly. That's very good. Don't get a bad rep for smelling bad because that's hard to shake. Yeah. So, uh. That girl. That's so, a rep, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> there, there are some players in the NBA that are, that are shaking their, their, the bad sides of their reps. Like, the one that's jumped out at me is Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram has started the year playing the most consistent basketball I've seen him play. Have you been watching the Pelicans at all? Um, Not as much as I wanted to. Like I said, this week I was a little under the weather, so yeah. I've kind of just been in my house slash the hospital, but that's another thing. We're not going to get into that. Yeah, yeah for <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, they've been, they've been losing, but they've been playing teams really close, and they've been playing hard. And some people talked about, like, Lonzo getting benched, but if you watch that game, I, I don't think it was a big deal at all. And I think Lonzo's been playing great like Lonzo does this thing where he always gets the pass before the assist like so uh-huh. many and that's it, what like a hockey assist right yeah, that's what yeah. They call it. yeah and it doesn't show up in the stats and people go oh he only had six assists and two turnovers or whatever but it really should say 11 assists and two turnovers because his pass leads directly to the assist so often um I'm I'm really buying into him I, I love the way this Pelicans team is building I mean, I'm excited to watch them more now. Um, once I get a little more free time, but and you know my girl Spoon is there, so yeah. I got support. Well, I think she's doing a great job because she's doing young player development stuff, and every young player on that roster is the best case scenario. If you were hoping, if you're like an optimist, I mean Zion's hurt, but even when he's played, he's looked phenomenal, and they're playing within a system. Like it's. They're a really yeah, fun team to watch. Awesome. And I definitely believe she has a lot to do with that. And uh, on the other side of that, the Spurs are winning games, but they are not fun to watch. Like, that is one team. I don't know, man. I, I've become the guy who's like, I'm over it with the Spurs. I'm fatigued by them just being good. Yeah, I don't watch them. I don't even like them when they were good, to be honest. Like. Well, they're good. I, yeah, I mean, well... Back when, you know, Tim was still around, well, yeah. was Tim, Tim was still playing, I didn't even, like, watch them because I feel like I just knew that they were going to be, like, I don't know, good. And, like, they're not, I don't know. I guess I do, like, a little cockiness with some teams sometimes, a yeah. little dramatics, and they were definitely not that. Yeah, you want some personality. And you know what's the other hypocritical? I mean, not to, not to pile on the Spurs, but I don't want – I, I don't know. Maybe because it's 2019, I don't want your personality to come from your coach. It's got to come from a player. When the coach is the fiery one on the team, like this isn't Alabama Bear Bryant. <laughs> you know, I want to, I want the players to have ownership of the personality of the team. And maybe they are just all mellow, calm players. But uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. Somebody's got to pick a fight with the Spurs or something. I I just I also don't love the way that they they play great basketball, but they're not my favorite team to watch. Yeah, I mean, just get Embiid to start <laughs> some shit, make it happen. <laughs> That's that would be my ideal, actually. I actually would love that if just if the NBA was like, look, we're punishing Embiid, we're punishing Carl Anthony Towns, but just so you guys know, 
if you guys pick fights with the Spurs, we're all for it because nobody is watching Spurs games and we won't suspend <laughs> anybody, we promise. Oh my gosh, that'd be funny. But uh, good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, that's my new mission. Uh, what other teams are you, I mean, I'm sure the Lakers have been a lot of fun for you to watch. Um, yes, obviously I love the Lakers. Um, yeah, they've been fun to watch and I mean the Clippers too, but I haven't, like I said, I haven't watched watch as much as I wanted to, uh, this yeah. past week. So once I get back to business, I'll be a little more involved in that. The weirdest team to watch right now, I think, is the Nets because their games are so exciting, but they don't matter because you know that, I mean, the team is waiting for Durant to come back. They're not, they internally aren't fighting for a championship this year, even if they say otherwise. Yeah. But every game they've been in has just felt like the end of Hoosiers. It's been crazy. <laughs> I mean, that's good. I saw they've been in some close ones. Um, yeah. so I definitely need to check them out, check them out more. Hopefully, cause when we was with the Knicks, we got to go to, uh, some of their, well, I got to go to some of their, you know, early games cause I'd have to go overseas. So maybe next year when, uh, the Nets make the playoffs, when I come back, I'll get to see some games. That would be exciting. That'd be awesome. Yeah. The Nets, yeah. it's, it's weird because, uh, like Towns or Wiggins beat them with the buzzer beater in the first game. John Morant beat them with a buzzer beater. Oh, no, Jay Crowder did, but John Morant got the assist and played amazingly in overtime. Uh Um, It's almost like they're trying to build up guys. It's like with wrestling with a heel where they go, okay, we're going to have all of these up-and-coming wrestlers beat beat up on John Cena or whatever to build (laughs) their confidence. Like (laughs) They're just rehabilitating the league at the expense of the Nets. Yeah, but, you know, once Durant is back, it's going to be a different story. So go ahead, get your punches in now because it's a wrap once he's back. I agree. That starting five when he comes back is going to be so good. And I also think that just moving forward, they're going to use uh, Jared Allen a little bit more and DeAndre Jordan mm-hmm. a little bit less just because one guy's really young and the other guy isn't. And I think that'll make them a better regular season team. And they can yeah. save DeAndre Jordan for that deep font like deep playoff run when Durant comes back in a year. Yeah, I think so too. I think they'll be good. Even if they're not as good uh when Durant is back the year after, I think they'll be fine. So last thing, is there any is there any uh is there any team where you you've been surprised by them or you think that will be a surprise team that will really uh compete like for you know, for a deep playoff run that you didn't see coming? Um, off the top of my head, I can't pick a team out right now this early because yeah. I still feel like I don't know. It's still early. It's hard to judge, but yeah. um, I don't know. Off the top of my head, I can't think right now. Okay. Um, that's I mean that's fun too. I would. Uh, one team that I was surprised because I thought they would start the season a little stronger was Indiana, but now I think that Indiana got it finally got a win under their belt. I think they're gonna. I think they're better than the first three games start were mm-hmm. for them. Um, I mean, the Suns have been, played so much better basketball than I thought that they were going to. And uh, Devin oh, Booker yeah. has impressed. <laughs> yeah. they've. I think they have been very surprising in a great way. Um, Do you think it's going to last, though? So I think that if they can stick with the system that they're running, where Ricky Rubio is like the tip of the spear and things go through him, then yes. I think that if they revert to having things go through Devin Booker, then no. But I think that with Ricky Rubio like driving the car, I think this is very sustainable because he passes people open. He builds up all those guys' confidence. He's really the perfect veteran point guard to mentor young stars because he at this point knows that his ship has sailed in terms of being like a superstar but he knows mm-hmm. all the right things to do, so he just sets up other people for success. Yeah, that's good. They, they did surprise me now that you say them. So we'll see if it continues. But like I said, it's so early, so uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm not on them. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other one is the Nuggets. I think that just – I just think that uh, they're going to surprise some teams. I think that whoever they see in the first round of the playoffs, I think they sweep. I think that – 
they can compete with anybody, and I think that first team they catch in the playoffs, I think they're going to blow them off the court. You're talking about a sweep in the playoffs in the end of October. This is crazy. Look, <laughs> this, this reminds me, uh, this is going to sound so hyperbolic and stupid, but I believe it. This reminds me of when the Thunder lost to the Heat in the finals and just came back the next year and were ready to play with anybody, beat up on anybody, and then guys got hurt and it didn't work. But just that attitude of like, oh, you thought we were happy to be here. We are so not happy to be here. We want to beat everybody. I think the Nuggets have that. I love the way they play. Huh. Well, that will be interesting to see how that unfolds because we were making very bold predictions in October. So uh, no, I we'll see. I, we'll bet on that next month. <laughs> it's, it's too much. You want a month sample size before we bet on it? I can respect that. Yeah, give me a month. Okay. Well <laughs> – uh, well, you guys keep listening so that you can find out if Kia will indeed bet on me or bet with me about <laughs> about the Nuggets because I, I, you know, I can always use more money. I'm, I think that they are yep. just gonna get better. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's I mean, it I hope for. So. We'll see that. Yeah. Okay. And and I can. Uh, I mean, I actually have faith in the Lakers now. I really think so. I'm trying to think if there's any team I've lost faith in. And since the season started, um, not really. Like I think that every team's been, been playing like really hard, and I think some teams are better than others. But I actually think that most of these teams are going to get better throughout the year. I, I'm, I know the Wizards are going to give up, and we'll probably like shop Bradley Beal. But every other team, I think, is going to get better at least through January until they decide. I don't think anyone besides the Wizards will be tanking before January. Damn. Well, I hope not. <laughs> I hope not too. All right. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks to you guys for listening. Thanks, Kia, for uh, for doing it. I know that this has been a a long week for you, and uh, we'll we'll check it, check in again. I know you got to go to Russia, but we'll we'll do this as soon as we can do the next one. All right. Sounds good. All right.